0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday Inspiration Podcast. I am Dr. Linda marquez Gideon and we are coming live as we do every single week. However, last week, we both had a little bit of an emergency that we couldn't come live, and you all know we've been faithful every single week. However, um, this week, my my partner, my co-host, Fernanda, has not been able, well, can't join us. So um, a lot going on. However, I am excited that you know the topic that we are going to have um, today, and I have the best person in the world that's going to share so much information on fasting, intermittent fasting, the different types, and what it is, and how different it is for men and women. And how should we approach it because it's, I I don't want to say it's a fad, but it is something that you're probably seeing a lot of in the health and wellness for um, just body composition. But also there's other benefits for it, anti-aging, longevity, uh, metabolic health. So it's really an exciting talking um, topic. So I am going to bring her on. She is back. And I know you all loved her when we had her, but... She's my personal doctor as well. I've worked with her and I just, I just love her. She's just amazing. And I'm talking about Dr. Felice Gersh. She's a multi-award winning physician who is dual board certified in OBGYN and integrative medicine. So that is huge for us ladies, but also men because she does see men in her practice. She's located in Orange County, Southern California, in the city of Irvine. It's absolutely beautiful there and her office is incredible. And Dr. Gersh has been, you know, she provides comprehensive care to all her patients. So she takes the best of integrative medicine and the best of um, traditional medicine, because sometimes there's cases where you you're going to require medication, but she looks at everything else with lifestyle. Um, herbs with diet with sleep and of course important things like stress management and and the mind so that's what i really love about her and i wish we had more practitioners more doctors like that that are just really you know really open she's also been um a professor at um, usc medical school so um just, she's got a lot going on. Also, she's a member of the fellowship at Integrative Medicine through the University of Arizona as well, School of Medicine. So she's lecturing there quite a bit. So she's all over and you've got to check out her YouTube channel, because she's got a lot of information there. And she's, she's everybody wants her. <laughs> everybody wants to chat with her because she's just brilliant. So I'm going to bring her on and um, y'all have any questions? Uh, this is the time. I have lots for her, but we're going to have fun, so I'm going to bring her on. And there she is. Hi Doc. Hi. How are you?
1: It's so wonderful to join you here. And you have yeah. such a fabulous show, and I love you too.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, gosh, we it just I just always remember how we met and that was gosh, how many years ago now? At least a long
1: time I don't know <laughs> over a decade and.
0: yes yes definitely so and it's just we just we keep growing and I just I follow you so I stalk you and I'm like watching your videos oh. and listening to you and it's just you have just you're such a wealth of information and I know that this is up your alley because with intermittent fasting um You know, I just want to dig into this right away. Maybe people should kind of, you should give them a little bit of background, like, you know, a little bit more you want to add to what I mentioned because you have a very busy, successful practice and you have just so many different modalities to really, um, it's just a high class practice that you have and just, that's so awesome. So share with them because there's some locals from Southern
1: California too, listening. Well, back, it's, I can't believe it now, but it's been 14 years after, doing thousands of deliveries, it felt like it was the right time to move Mm -hmm. on from doing obstetrics. And I'd always known there was way more to maintaining health than just pharmaceuticals and surgery. So in my practice, I had, like I would call them my ancillaries, I had Chinese medicine practitioner, massage therapist, biofeedback, nutrition, psychology, but I didn't have any special training myself. But after Mm. I gave up obstetrics, I think I had more sleep, a little bit more time. And I looked at my therapeutic toolbox. And it was like, I don't know what I have to offer people. It seems like Mm. I was very good at surgery. But it's like, you, people would come in and they would be told, well, it's not needed to do surgery now, so we'll do nothing. And then when you get really bad, then we'll cut it out. Or, you mm-hmm. know, the, the go-to for everything seemed to be birth control pills. And I looked into like, what the heck are we're giving everyone birth control pills and what mm-hmm. are they? And of course, I realized very quickly that at best they were helping with some symptoms and certainly were not getting to the underlying cause. So that's when I went on my journey and I ended up doing the fellowship for two years at the University of Arizona, at University of Arizona School of Medicine and basically expanded my therapeutic toolbox so that I have more to offer. And in the process, I had to go back and reteach and sometimes for the first time because they didn't have this information back when Mm -hmm. I was in medical school, learn about cell biology and physiology and really try to do a deep dive into what is going on in cells you know what Mm -hmm. is happening that is causing all of these metabolic problems and all of these symptoms and and I just was in practice for so many years and I saw people getting sicker and sicker basically Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. worse manifestations and of course aging and menopause occurs to every woman and so basically I have all the conventional tools and then I have the expanded tools that are offered Mm -hmm. by incorporating all aspects of lifestyle medicine, herbals, nutrition, mind-body medicine, and so forth. And Mm -hmm. certainly one of my big tools, as you alluded to, is utilizing time-restricted eating and various forms of fasting so that I can harness the innate mechanisms that exist within all of us to help Mm -hmm. us to heal and optimize our health.
0: I think that's awesome. And, and it just made me think, how would doctors, traditionally trained medical doctors, what if they were told, you know, for 24 hours you cannot use your prescription pad? What would be their what would be their alternative modality? I mean, you have oh. tons
1: of tools oh, I, now, but well. most of them don't. It Well, that's what drove me, Um and I don't understand the, the thinking, but I mean, I sort of do and I sort of don't. Yeah. Like, how can people who are doctors simply keep prescribing things that they know are really not mm-hmm. helping very much and have such a large array of side effects? Yeah. And, you know, there's like every drug has issues. I mean, so that doesn't mm-hmm. mean drugs shouldn't be used. I use drugs, but I use them as much as I can as a therapeutic bridge to health as opposed Mm -hmm. to a lifetime prescription, you know, to try to suppress some symptoms. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely um, a a challenge for conventional medicine. And and I think that's why so many doctors have what is labeled burnout, because Mm -hmm. they feel helpless. You know, they don't know how to help their patients and they can't, you know, just keep prescribing the same five drugs and then feel good about it at the end of the day and in their heart they really want to help and and that's of course what that's how I felt. I felt I can't just do the same things and tell people, you know, this this condition, endometriosis or fibroids, you know, they're mm. not bad enough to require surgery, so we'll do nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. that is not a solution. Or now, mm. of course, the solution to everything other than birth control pills for reproductive age women is to take away their hormones. So we mm. have all these drugs that basically shut down ovarian function. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so we will take away your hormones. So now you don't have any, problem solved? I don't think so. It's like, I don't think that's problem solved. You know, now you have no hormones. So, you know, it's like, uh, these solutions are just not solutions.
0: Yeah, so I'm so glad that you are leading the pack with the with with the information and research and teaching and so forth. So hopefully more doctors are getting on board. I do see that. So I'm, I'm very grateful that you're one of the leaders that's leading and You know, they say that the leaders, they're they're throwing rocks at you, but you know what? You're just going to continue to just go, go, go and set the pace. I'm very, very grateful. So I know that you use intermittent fasting as a modality Mm -hmm. as well in your practice. Can you kind of give us a little bit idea? Because when people think about intermittent fasting, they just think, oh, you're starving yourself and you're going to lose Mm -hmm. all this muscle mass and... I can't do that. So I know there's um, a lot of people that are interested, but they don't really know. So how do you explain it to your patients? You know, we're gonna sure. we're gonna we're gonna do, we're gonna do intermittent fasting. And they just want to run.
1: <laughs> well, we all love to eat, and mm-hmm. the reality is that we humans evolved during a time when food was not always available. Mm-hmm. So it's survival. It's all about survival. So how could we, as a human species, not have become extinct. In fact, they've looked at Neanderthals and they figured that based on the size of their skull, Neanderthals were smarter than us homo sapiens, but mm-hmm. they became extinct. And why was that? Because it turned out that they were not as good at surviving famines. We humans have really mastered the art of surviving famines to quite a mm-hmm. degree. Obviously there's a limit, but mm-hmm. you know, you've seen people in, areas where they had no food or prison camps and concentration camps, and they were deprived of food. And you can't imagine how they were still even alive based on their skeletal look and so on because Mm -hmm. our bodies have adapted for survival to being capable of dealing with lack of food. And it's not that we we never want to starve people. It's just that we as homo sapiens have evolved so that we're, we're better at it than other um, hominoid species that became extinct like Neanderthals mm. who were very smart but they couldn't survive when the food was scarce. So mm. we actually evolved not to be starving, but to survive when we have to, at least to a large degree, up to a point, but to actually be optimally healthy when we have food, and then sometimes we don't have food. That's how Mm -hmm. we evolved. And there are certain very specific mechanisms in the body that will not be triggered, that are really very restorative, rejuvenating, but they won't be triggered unless we stop constantly feeding. So once we just understand that we evolved and, and the Chinese had it so right, I don't know how they figured this out so many thousands of years ago, they were so smart, but like the yin yang, right? There's always hot, cold, push, pull, mm. feed, stop eating. You know. <laughs> so um, our bodies can't be healthy if we're in a constant state of feeding and we just have to accept that. And there's different types of intermittent fasting. So basically, Fasting is very simple. It means not eating, right? So Mm -hmm. the definition of fasting is you're not eating. So then we have to look at, so what's the optimal way to go through feeding and fasting cycles? So we have to go and look first at our circadian rhythm. So we are earthlings and I I love science fiction. I love the idea Mm -hmm. of space travel but we evolved on earth as did every other creature on earth. And by doing that for survival, once again, we adapted to the 24 hour rotation of earth on its axis. Mm -hmm. And that's been labeled the circadian rhythm. We humans are diurnal. That means we are metabolically active during the day and at night, we are in a totally different state. It's like we're two creatures, day and mm-hmm. night creatures, and they're very different metabolically, our immune cells are different, or everything is like different. Even our gut microbiomes are acting differently mm-hmm. in the day and in the night. And as diurnal creatures, we should then accept that we are genetically programmed to eat during the day and not at night, to be awake during the day, to be Mm -hmm. asleep at night, you know, when people come to me, my patients, and say, you know, I'm a night owl, I'll say, well, you are not an owl, and (laughs) you are maladapted, and and this is, you are not, you know, an alien creature, you're a human, you're a diurnal, and you're genetically programmed, it's not changeable, it would be like, you know, it'd be so convenient if I had a third eye at the back of my head, then I could always see who's behind me. You know, it's like, you know, like we're used to cars now that have like cameras looking like, no, we do not have an eye in the back of our head. We're not genetically programmed to wake Mm -hmm. up and have another eye. So we are not genetically programmed to eat at night. It's that simple. So the Mm. first kind of fasting that I recommend is based on the circadian rhythm, which means that we should eat during the day and not eat at night. It says, you know, that's where I start for people who are Mm -hmm. like munching into the there are people that wake up in the middle of the night and start eating. Yeah, it is like, (laughs) they really are. And so at least I begin with eat in the day, don't eat at night, that would be like, 101. Then the Mm -hmm. next thing is we are genetically programmed to be most Insulin sensitive. That means we clear the glucose from our blood with less insulin in the morning. So Mm -hmm. that means that the old, you know, the old statement of, you know, eat breakfast like a king and lunch like a queen and dinner like a pauper. I don't know who came up with these amazing like cliches, (laughs) but it's true too. So we are genetically programmed to deal with food better in the morning. Our GI tract, which has its Mm -hmm. own neurological system called the enteric Mm -hmm. nervous system Mm -hmm. is also programmed to work better. So we'll have better digestion, we'll have better poops, we'll have better, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why when people eat at night, they have so much heartburn, you know, because, uh, you know, you're not digesting properly, your peristalsis, your enteric nervous system isn't programmed to receive Mm -hmm. food at night. So nothing works, right, it comes up Mm -hmm. and then you get acid reflux. So the thing is, if you eat a huge amount of your food, as much as you can, you may have to work into this for Mm. breakfast. And they even just came out recently with a study that says if you eat breakfast by 8.30 in the morning, you're even best off. They have studies that show that you're less likely to get plaque and atherosclerosis in your Mm. arteries. When you eat breakfast, you're less likely to become diabetic, you're less likely to be overweight. And there was a very interesting recent study that showed that when people ate a very healthy, Now we're not talking about, you know, Fruit Loops and, you know, <laughs> Captain Crunch for breakfast with bagels and, and pastries. No, we're talking about like food, like really mm-hmm. healthy farm to table, organic fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and all the good stuff. And you're eating a bunch of it for breakfast, a big percentage of your food for the day. And you have a lot of protein for breakfast, but mm-hmm. you know, not like a ton of animal. We're talking about like, you know, Plant based proteins and maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit of animal, like three ounces. And when you do that, they actually did brain imaging studies. Like it's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. They found that the amygdala of the brain and the frontal lobes, and the amygdala is about urges, binge Mm -hmm. eating, you know, Mm -hmm. when you impulsive behaviors, you know, bad judgment calls, and so on, road rage, that whole area of the brain was in a happy state. And Mm -hmm. the frontal lobes, which are about focus and memory performance they were much better functioning so mm-hmm. if you eat breakfast you will perform better your brain will work better you'll be less likely to have urges and cravings and want to you know randomly eat garbage mm-hmm. during the day and even it made you not want to eat at night and this was like they they did This on quite a few people. This was Mm -hmm. universal, so you can. I mean, it seems like that can't happen. I can't get rid of my urges and my binging and and all of that. Mm -hmm. My night, but it it really does work it because that's when we're eating according to our circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. and you stop snacking, and so that is what we would call in the type of intermittent fasting, time restricted eating. We eat according Mm -hmm. to our circadian rhythm, Mm -hmm. and once people master that. And that takes, you know, a lot of work, because obviously, mm-hmm. and, and that doesn't mean that you can't cheat. I mean, look, if you're invited to a fancy dinner party, or mm-hmm. if, if those things come back, you know, and they will, yes. you know, <laughs> you know, depending on when you live, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm in California. So that, you know, is just barely starting to come back on the horizon. Some states mm-hmm. have been doing it. But, you know, w- when you get invited to some wonderful event, that doesn't mean you can't eat at night. It's just you don't want to do this on a regular basis. But then you can move into the other types of fasting, the more alcohol, the more advanced, where Mm -hmm. you can do alternate day fasting or alternate Mm -hmm. day modified or the five two. Now, when you do what we're talking about here with this type of intermittent fasting, it's predominantly, this type is predominantly for people who have metabolic issues like metabolic syndrome, they have insulin resistance, maybe they're diagnosed with prediabetes, even early stage diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not needing, you know, all kinds of pharma. They're not on a bunch of pharmaceuticals. that They can make you hypoglycemic. So, you know, mm-hmm. that you have to be careful about. Um, and people who may have some, you know, some earlier stages of hypertension, and they have weight that needs to be lost, right? Mm-hmm. So they have too much visceral fat, the belly fat, and so on. And their body composition isn't right. So then you can do these types of fasting where two days out of the week, but not, not consecutive Or Mm -hmm. you can pick every other day and you Mm -hmm. either don't eat any food, just drink fluids, you know, and herbal teas, or you can have a modified fast where you can eat no more than 25% of your normal caloric needs, predominantly in the form of fats. So that Mm -hmm. doesn't raise your insulin or glucose. So you would have like some macadamia nuts, not very many, not very Mm -hmm. many, or a little bit of avocado or some olives. And that just a little bit, you know, like maybe midday, and that would be it for the whole day. And you would do that either twice a week, or every other day. And Mm -hmm. that has been shown to help people reverse prediabetes, diabetes Diabetes can help regulate your, um, you know, your your blood pressure, lose a lot of weight. And of course, the goal isn't to then just eat garbage the other days, obviously Mm -hmm. not, you know, then the other days, you're still going to do your time-restricted eating with the big breakfast and, Mm -hmm. you know, the early lunch dinner type of thing and and putting all that healthy food into your diet. And that can also be a game changer for weight. And then there's, yep. And then
0: we- have seen that. One one thing I wanted to mention to you and because I was doing and I had listened to one of the podcasts you were on about I was doing regularly a 24 hour water fast every single Monday, but we've had some challenges these Mm -hmm. past few weeks with family and it kind of disrupted my, my, my whole routine for like five weeks. So I'm getting ready to get back on it. But I personally feel good when I do a water fast. I know not everybody, um, can do something like that, or should immediately go into a water fat, because they have to be more like fat adapted and make sure that mm-hmm. their body can handle that. Right. If, Absolutely. For some people, it'll, they'll get a headache, or they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's twenty-two hours. I have two more hours to eat," and and then they break their fast in not a positive way. So it almost like mm-hmm. unravels right. the benefits of it. So there's also uh, a, a way to to do that, um, and especially with women. And so different with women and men, but you know, one thing that I really, as I was just digging into the research too, and it's so difficult with the research because it's hard to control humans, you know, and, and, and to say, okay, you can only between this time and this time and really do a a, a very, um, I would say, um, extended study because of so many parameters involved where mm-hmm. the age, if it's a female, it's even more diverse because are they PMSing, you know, did they have stress? How much sleep did they have? What did they eat? Did they work out? Are they on medication? Are they on hormones? There's so many different variables. So it's more difficult with women trying to get mm-hmm. study done on real females, you know, humans, mm-hmm. not, you know, mice. <laughs> so it that's yeah. been kind of the challenge. And you and I being in practice and seeing patients on a daily basis, we, you almost have to customize that to determine which fast would be beneficial for them, correct? Like all the different ones. Absolutely.
1: And, and you, I, I learned this the hard way with my patients too. I never start with, with true like 24 hour or longer mm-hmm. fasts, I never, because people feel lightheaded because they're not able to, like you were saying, they, the, the, what's happening is that their mitochondria are so poorly performing mm. that they can't convert from burning glucose to burning fat. And uh, so, and that's what they need to do because once you lose your glycogen stores that are in your muscle, in your liver, then you have no glucose in your body. And the only other way you can get glucose is by burning muscle. (laughs) And then that's Mm -hmm. not, that's obviously not what we wanna do. And that's what happens to people. That's how Mm -hmm. come people who are not doing things right if you actually did a body composition, you find that they lost a lot of lean body mass, which is critically important for a million and one functions in the body, including regulating blood sugar and metabolic health. We Mm -hmm. now know that muscle is an endocrine organ too. Everything is like, like we never knew or like there were muscle hormones called like and signaling agents called myokines that are really important for the metabolic health. So we don't want to lose our muscle mass. That's why, you know, we really want to make sure that we do everything right. Because Mm -hmm. and then you don't want people passing out getting palpitations, tachycardia. And so, you know, that's why I always uh, like first we work on timed eating within the 24 hours before we go. But you know, someone like you and also myself, you know, we're able to convert seamlessly. That's what we're supposed Mm -hmm. to convert seamlessly from burning glucose to burning fat. You don't even miss a beat. Mm -hmm. You don't even feel a thing. Mm -hmm. But other people, they go through these episodes of major hypoglycemia because their brains can't get enough energy, their blood sugar is dropping and they can't burn fat properly. Mm -hmm. So that's why when people are doing fast, I tell them, if you are feeling that way, you don't have to break your fast. What you can do is eat a little fat you know, that will help, it won't It won't destroy everything if you don't eat mm-hmm. too much of it. But mm-hmm. if you just have a few slivers of avocado or eat like six, seven, eight olives, mm-hmm. you know, that will provide the fat that your brain needs while your body is transitioning from burning sugar into burning fat and you'll start mobilizing your fat stores. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge, you gotta, that's why I like to work with my patients when they first get into this type of thing, because you know, sometimes we're surprised. And I've had patients who have thrown in the towel and started rampaging through the pantry, like you said you know, and somehow everyone seemed to have a secret stash of peanut butter and jelly that they yep. would just dive into. It's like, no, this this is not and then they feel terrible, right? So then yes. we don't want our patients feeling like failures because they couldn't do it. So, you know, we want to work in gradually. And when I talk about eating so much of your food for breakfast and then a really light early dinner, I realize that that's a goal, right? So that's mm-hmm. why, you know, we talk about my 101 is just eat in the day and stop eating mm-hmm. at night, right? I, I can't mm-hmm. even do beyond that. Just like, can you just stop eating at 7 p.m.? Like, yes. I, I can't even like worry about more than that. Just stop at seven, you know, and eat breakfast. We'll start with mm-hmm. that, right? And then mm-hmm. we work it, you know, into the more advanced, you know, stages. But, yes. and and it, we have much more data on mice than we do on humans. Yes. That is totally true. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and it even depends on individual, like if it's a person that has is on the standard American diet, they still can, a beginning point for them would just be just like you said, is like, okay, stop eating at, let's just say, five or six o'clock, or when Even sun- better, sun- even <laughs> you know, better. Yeah, even better. And
1: then, better. <laughs> you know,
0: and just don't eat at all for that time. And or a person that's, you know, more like keto adapted or, you know, paleolithic or eating are more mindful of what they're eating and sticking to a whole food, um, you know, exactly
1: eating, you okay.
0: can play around with it a little bit more because most of the time they're already fat adapted where you can start extending those periods or play around with the window because I love what you said that I was I would periodically do an OMAD one meal a day. And mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's hard because I'm like, I gotta get in all my my, my nutrients in one meal. That means I've gotta I'm gonna sit down right. and eat like 90 to 100 grams of protein where most of the time I try to do my eating template where I'm having um, some protein at every meal, mm-hmm. just because you know we become anabolic resistance as we get older, and and of course estrogen. that's oh, yeah. a whole different conversation. I but, know, but absolutely, estrogen totally. as well. So, and that's just like what I see. Even the challenges with women who, you know, they come in, and I know we both see this in our practice. So, what do they talk about? How do I get rid of this belly fat? And oh. they're eating less right? And they're what are they munching on crackers and cheese? Oh,
1: it's it is terrible. And women are definitely have unique challenges because Mm -hmm. women have, you know, reproductive cycles, you know, we have hormones that shift through the whole, the whole cycle. And we also are the ones who go through pregnancy, not every woman goes through pregnancy, but many do. And that's a huge stressor on the body. And, uh, you know, you have to recover from it. You also have to prepare for it because we want to be really healthy for every pregnancy. And then every woman universally will go through menopause, which mm-hmm. is really unfortunate in the term because it makes it sound like it's just about, you know, your period ending. But right. you know, we know we've talked about this. It's really a huge metabolic shift when you lose mm-hmm. your hormones and you become insulin resistant immediately and you have altered yes. gut microbiome and you yes. have um, chronic state of inflammatory um, cytokines you know circulating and you're more inflamed and mm-hmm. that's what triggers so many of these problems including belly fat so yes. I call it the default when and and you can have these same problems though at every stage of life. so when you're older we call uh, and we have this chronic inflammation that drives all of these processes we call it inflammaging. But when you're yes. younger, and you could be any age, in your 20s, mm. we know that kids are now getting fatty liver. That is yes. a horrible sign of metabolic dysfunction that we call it metaflame aging, metabolic mm. dysregulation causing chronic inflammation and precocious aging, you might call yes. it. So that you're yes. aging even, that's why they have all this conversation about biological aging versus chronological aging. Mm. And one of the things that is amazing is that we can actually reverse our biological aging um, to be younger, you know, than even our chronological aging, you know, mm-hmm. if we do the right things. And even if our biological aging is worse mm-hmm. than our chronological, cause like, you know, it's like you get a, t- a test and you're like say 50 and it says you have the health of a and metabolic state of a 70 year old it's like what no you can can turn that back too and you say you can't turn the clock back but you can turn your metabolic aging status back and one of the key issues one of the key tools is different types of fasting. Mm -hmm. So it is so amazing because you know, uh, it can when you do, once you get into a longer fast. So there's many benefits to time restricted eating, fasting during the 24 hour day, once a week fasting, twice a week, or even every other day. Mm -hmm. But until you actually get a good three days of water fasting in, Mm -hmm. or if you utilize like a fasting mimicking diet, until you get that far into a fast, you're not going to trigger what is called autophagy, which mm-hmm. is a cellular like house cleaning where mm-hmm. the cell, once if it doesn't have any nutrients coming in for that long, <clears throat> it has to do something. So, what mm-hmm. it does is it actually does housekeeping, it takes its own structures, membranes, and such, and puts them into I call it the recycle bin, the lysosome, and then it mm-hmm. spews out the foundational building blocks, the amino acids, the, you know, fatty acids and so on. And then it creates new structure. So it's like taking your house, demolishing it and then rebuilding the inside or like redoing Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So basically the cells fix themselves from the inside. And even the mitochondria go through Mm -hmm. this mitogenesis where mitophagy, where they actually make more and they make themselves better and functioning better and old crappy Mm -hmm. cells filled with misfolded proteins, that's what call the senescent cells. You know, they're taking a valuable nutrient. So the body knows which those are. And when Mm -hmm. you fasted for a few days like that, then it just knocks them off. So you get rid of these really crappy cells and then you rejuvenate your good cells and you actually can see organs shrinking and then regenerating. Okay, so that's like the miracle. And that's one of the few things that can actually cure fatty liver, Mm -hmm. you know, exercise also, by the way, which by the way, exercise Mm -hmm. has a lot in common with fasting, you know, it creates Mm -hmm. this little stressor in the body. And then, you know, then you get this rejuvenation. So you have to create this bit of stress. And then you get the rebound effect, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the healing effect. And of course, they do that in the skin when they do things like laser treatments, right? They, Mm -hmm. they like do damage with the laser, and then the body Says okay, now I'm going to heal it, and it you know mm-hmm. creates new collagen and fixes things, and then we're better than we started. So we yeah. have these amazing abilities to heal from within, rejuvenate, and but you that requires these few days of fasting. But this is advanced stuff, you know, yes. and yes. you know definitely advanced, you know, and so it's certainly not for just random. Like I think I'm just going to start fasting for days. Yes, and um and if it, it it can trigger um problems, you know, people can get lightheaded, you can actually trigger palpitations, tachycardia. So I always recommend that any type of fasting, other than through the 24 hour day, it really should be with some kind of supervision. So because you don't want to get into trouble, that's for sure, mm-hmm. and, and it's not for everyone. What if you um, have underlying medical conditions that would make it not appropriate? So, but mm-hmm. just to know that these things are out there, and they can be wonderful for women who are like going through the menopausal transition, women mm-hmm. who want to get healthier to prepare for a pregnancy, not while you're trying to get pregnant, you know, yeah. but ahead of time, or people who have developed that metaflamaging aging problem, you mm-hmm. know, where they're yeah. metabolically unhealthy and prematurely aging, and say enough of this, I'm ready yes. for change. Yeah.
0: Now, what's the difference? Because I mean, we already know, like, typically, like, you mentioned if you're pregnant, you definitely don't want to do fasting. You know, if no. <laughs> you have body body image issues like anorexia, oh, you definitely don't want to do that. Or if people that are very frail, you don't want to do that. Now, how about women? How is it different? Like women that are still cycling, women I have very robust mm. um, cycles, and then the women that are no longer cycling and no longer have periods anymore now they're in menopause because. You know, there's kind of that sweet spot with hormones, um, peak of various hormones when a woman is, um, you know, still at the age where she can conceive and estradiol is very robust. So there's a different, there's Mm -hmm. a different approach of how you would if you had a patient that was 25 years old, and also a patient that was 55 years old. So, you know, let's just say that they both were are more for like you know one's anti-aging the other one's like I just want to I just want to be healthy and just mm-hmm. I just they're thinking about their future the 25 years thinking right. about their future and the 55 year old now is just like I want to reduce the, <laughs> right, facing, know, the
1: meta, yeah the,
0: the, the, the facing reality movement. yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> so well for women who are cycling You know, so they're not on you know oral contraceptives or some other hormonal thing that's you know preventing them from cycling. Uh, we definitely want to do the time restricted eating that can be every time. Because in fact, there's studies for women who have irregular cycles, like women with polycystic ovary syndrome, that when they do the time restricted eating with the bigger breakfast and so on, they actually start ovulating and cycling. So that Mm -hmm. is a fertility tool as well as a health tool. But in terms of a multi-day fast, like there, there was like this flurry of studies that were funded by the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, back in the 1990s. I mean, I, I don't know what spurred it on, but this is where we have this data. And we need to get more current data, but at least they did these wonderful studies back then. And what they showed was that if you were normal weight mm-hmm. and you did a two-day fast, I mean, that's what they did. You know, they did two days mm-hmm. at that time. And then you did a two-day fast prior to ovulation what happened? Well, what they found was that those women would still ovulate, but the peak of estrogen was lower. So it was mm-hmm. not good in ovulation. And what they found was that women who were underweight, they didn't ovulate at all. They wow. stopped. Now they didn't use overweight because this is the 1990s. They weren't thinking mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> They mm-hmm. just did normal weight and underweight. So clearly there can be an effect, a negative mm-hmm. effect on your cycle and on ovulation, if you do fasting and certainly if it's two days, if you can add to it, you can make a reasonable assumption, it's only gonna be a bigger impact, right? Mm -hmm. If you are doing multi-day fasting during the follicular phase, the phase of the menstrual cycle preceding ovulation, you will either impact the ovulation, make it not as good or it may Mm -hmm. block it altogether. But when they did the same type of research and they did the two-day fasting, during the luteal phase. So this is the time after ovulation preceding the onset of the menstrual period. What mm-hmm. did they find? Well, it did not affect the next cycle. So the women, the next cycle did fine. But what it did do was the when they looked, they actually did heart rate variability. They actually measured the wow. autonomic nervous system. And they found that women increased their parasympathetic tone and lowered Mm -hmm. their sympathetic. So in other words, it made women feel calmer and Mm -hmm. better. And so they actually, so this is actually a potential tool for women who have say really bad PMDD or PMS, because one of the things that happens is they get like that stress response. You know, they get too much cortisol, too much output of their sympathetic, which makes them feel clammy and and Mm -hmm. just angry. they can't sleep anxiety kind of feeling. So it turned out, interestingly enough, luteal phase fasting for two days in women was very calming, and they slept Mm -hmm. better. They also looked at sleep. So they slept better, they felt better. So it's a no brainer for Mm -hmm. any woman that wants to do any sort of actual multi day fasting. And this is all Mm -hmm. the data we have right now. So I can't Mm -hmm. even tell you what happens with one day, we don't have the data. (laughs) So you'd have to you'd be like, biohacking right you'd be yeah. the data right so you're the n of one but we know that um that it can have beneficial effects on mood and stress the autonomic nervous system sleep it's done in the luteal phase and in the follicular phase it can impact negatively on ovulation so always do any of that sort of multi-day fasting, if you're into Mm -hmm. that in your reproductive age, and you're having cycles, do it after ovulation. So you can use an ovulation tracker, you know, so you Mm -hmm. know what you're, and that's what you that what that's what you should do. In terms of losing weight, like if you're doing like, one, two, three days a week, you know, where you're doing fasting, alternate day fasting, we just don't have any data. So once Mm -hmm. again, would say use yourself as an n of one and just Mm -hmm. you're not trying to get pregnant the worst that happens is you don't ovulate one cycle so you're not going to it's not self-destruction so Mm -hmm. you know we don't know so i would love to get data you know uh, we you know like you alluded to very you know clearly in the very beginning when we started talking they don't do enough studies with women and there are Mm -hmm. women are more complex than men until until 2015 the Did not even require that females, whether they're humans or mice, be included in any studies. They didn't. You could just do in study after study, mice and humans didn't matter, and no, no females ever on the scene. None. Mm -hmm. So, so much of the data that we have has no applicability to females. You're making a big stretch of the imagination to say that what happened in the men is going to happen in the women. And when we start doing. female specific research, we're finding that it wasn't applicable, you know, Mm. like statins, statins are very different in females and males, you know, so like much less benefit in females. Yeah. And and even at
0: the age group too, like you're saying pre, you know, when cycling women, and then what about menopausal women? They're like, okay. And then even do you, and even there's a difference, right. With women who are on, um, um, HRT, absolutely, are, because their estrogen levels, or more specifically, estradiol, is higher, which also impacts the optimal results you get from well, fasting. There is there a correlation there with
1: that as well. Well, I love that you brought that up, and we have absolutely no data. I have observation, but mm-hmm. I also have science. So we'll let, let's just talk, mention the science. So estrogen, in the form of estradiol, that's the estrogen made by reproductive age, functioning ovaries, is critically important for the activation and production of NAD, which is a coenzyme for Mm -hmm. the sirtuins. Those are the histone deacetylase enzymes that are critically important for instituting the act of autophagy, also for AMP kinase, that's a kinase that triggers oxidation of fat in your mitochondria. So mm-hmm. it's fat burning, you know, and creating energy. So if you don't have enough estrogen, you're not going to have the same capability of getting any of the benefits that you get from fasting that all the, you know, and taking NAD and and have all the things that the, uh, a lot of the anti-aging practices and anti-aging gurus and they're talking about mm-hmm. you know this is you know the talking about you know NAD and the sirtuins and all well they always forget the estradiol component you know it doesn't yeah. work right you don't have estrogen in the mix it simply isn't going to work right there's a bidirectional um will say codependence of the sirtuins and estradiol they mm-hmm. they feed back on each other you know how everything is like mm-hmm. these bidirectional mm-hmm. if you don't yeah. have one, the other one is not going to be as right, you know, so you need them both. And without estradiol, the sirtuins, the NAD, none of it's going to be functioning properly. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why you don't, without enough estrogen, mitochondria don't work right. It's that Mm -hmm. simple. And you're not going to have proper autophagy. Estradiol is critical for autophagy and it's Mm -hmm. working through, you know, these specific coenzyme enzyme systems. So, of course, if you have, this is, of course, this is my deduction without, without you know, because no one's done this study, yes. you know, but well, we have the science so that, you know, so we're just making a hypothesis here based on real science that if you have a woman who is menopausal, we'll say even early menopausal, cause we're certainly not talking about 70 year olds and older, mm-hmm. but even 65, we have very limited data on almost anything. Once you hit sixty-five and older, you know they don't even mm-hmm. want to study those people. You know, forget yeah. it. You know, so it's, it's a complete free-for-all once you get into the older ages for most everything, except maybe you know Alzheimer's drugs. So once you um, like say a woman who is say fifty-six, you know, so she's mm-hmm. been in menopause for six, seven years or something like that, and she's not on any hormones, and you have another woman who's on physiologic dosing of hormones. So she's not just taking like a whiff of hormones, she's actually on doses that are actually comparable, at least on average, it's not like you're 25 again, but you're having mm-hmm. levels that are, at least are in the range of some of the time when you were younger, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not ridiculously low levels, which is what a lot of people are are using. So but so when you compare... The benefits that you're going to get from doing time restricted eating, from fasting, different programs, and so on. It can't be logically that you're going to get the same degree of benefit because estrogen in the form of estradiol is what makes all of the benefits of fasting happen. You need that. Mm. It's like, you know, it would be like you took a seven year old boy with a crazy mother and she wanted him to look like the cover of Muscle Man magazine. He's seven (laughs) years old. So she hires a trainer, she gives him creatine and she gives him a lot of protein drinks, you know, and everything else. And then she works him out, you know, and months later, he still looks like now a scrawny little seven and a half year old boy, you Mm -hmm. know, because he doesn't have any testosterone. How is he Mm -hmm. gonna build giant muscle. I mean, men know this, that's why they want their testosterone, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, because they know that without testosterone, they're not going to have those big muscles. And of course, some men have taken it to an extreme, right? But you know, but if you have a little bitty boy, and he doesn't have any testosterone, he can like do weightlifting forever, he's not going to look like muscle man, front page Mm -hmm. material. So without our hormones, our bodies can't deliver the goods, you know, you're just not going to build the same kind of, of a body. You're not gonna have the same results if you don't have the hormones to direct these metabolic systems. So, you know, that tells it all, you know, my bias, right? I'm very yeah. pro hormone, but you know, I'm, I'm pro science and data driven, you know, based on that we know how these things interact. We know from lots of research. So why would we think that in the human body it's gonna behave differently?
0: yeah that's interesting because i know there's a lot of women that
1: don't want you
0: know hrt they and then there's some that's just like give that to me you know i want to feel great i want to feel energetic i i want to age gracefully and you it's almost like they're two different women and especially if you're trying to work with you know in the realm of using intermittent fasting as a modality they're going to get two different results yeah. because of their own but not only their chemistry but also uh, there's so many other parameters of how they manage stress sleep what are they eating are they right exercising? because because as we mentioned earlier we do become anabolic resistance as we get older and that you know that gets that really challenges me on a daily basis. Okay, I gotta push heavy things and I gotta lift weights because a lot of women as we get older, when we start dealing with osteoporosis and hip fractures and we're losing muscle mass. And and so we have to be very proactive with our health. Now, I wanted to ask you something because I know you and I deal with a lot of women that come in and we see this so much and they're, and there it, it always seems to be like a time of stress and even prolonged stress where we have women with hypothyroid, Hashimoto's, we have adrenal fatigue, you know, I mean, that's not clinically a term, but we, you know, patients come in, they say, Mm -hmm. oh, I think I have adrenal fatigue. Well, it's just more, it's more, you know, as we talk about, it's hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal dysregulation. (laughs) Exactly. You know, but what have you seen as far as fasting and um, with those kind of women? What have you seen? That
1: Well, just just as I when a patient comes in my office, I don't say let's start fasting. You know, I Mm -hmm. say first, we want to get you nutrient repleted. Right. So many, many people and includes many overweight people are Mm -hmm. actually very malnourished. They're very deficient in many, many very vital nutrients. And you can't run the cellular machinery if you don't have the right nutrients. So if you go and you look up like the um, the Krebs cycle and you see mm-hmm. at each stage how this, how you create energy, right? And you need to have you know, magnesium and B2 and B12. You need all these things. You need a whole slew of, of different nutrients and amino acids. And without them, you just are not gonna function properly. So first we want to focus on fundamentals like, okay, let's work on this, you know, we'll we'll call it adrenal fatigue. And it's, we know it's the access involving the hypothalamus and the pituitary and the adrenal, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's triggered by all kinds of stressors and stressors come in many shapes and forms, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got to work on foundational health before, you know, we ever get into any more advanced types of things. We just, you Mm. can actually make people really um, in bad shape if you take someone who's malnourished and really stressed out and then you start fasting them. Mm. So, um, but fasting by doing time restricted eating is different because you're you're going to start with that huge breakfast which gets Mm -hmm. people off to the best start, you know? Mm -hmm. So their bodies are going to be adapted to being healthy, you know, and metabolically stable when you feed in the morning. And mm-hmm. for someone who is very severely underweight or very stressed or very frail, like, and then this includes, of course, children who are in a different category. We would never mm-hmm. do fasting type things in children, right? Mm-hmm. Because they need to have a different type. They're still growing, but frail people and really um, depleted people those are people that i will feed multiple times in the day so everything mm-hmm. that i said is on its head turned on its head for people who need to maybe put on weight right because mm-hmm. they're they're underweight and they're frail and they're really malnourished and and they so sometimes in the beginning we actually have to do multiple meals a day that's where mm-hmm. the individual approach the precision personalized medicine so and then we have to build them up and then we move to the next phase. So some people, it's like the pre-phase, you know? So you can't, you have to start even before, you know, doing time-restricted eating, you have to do multi-meal feeding and just mm-hmm. get them to start eating real food and mm-hmm. start getting their bodies healthier and mm-hmm. nourished before you then even move to the next step of time-restricted eating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you definitely, people who would have the equivalent of adrenal fatigue should not start out with really restrictive, types of mm-hmm. programs for eating. Okay, got it. So so kind
0: of summary summarizing everything that we, I mean, it's so much and we can speak for this hours because there's so many other key points that, you know, we can go hours and talking about. But really, I mean, in essence, it's almost like if I want to put this in a systematic way, I would say, okay, first of all, just you can do start with the 1212 okay, just, Mm you know, for 12 hours, you know, and then fast for 12 hours. And if you're not, if you're on the standard American diet, then you still start there. If you're, you know, eating whole foods, then you can start there. Once you're there, then you can start. um, I always say focus on those three meals a day with protein, with your bigger meal in the morning and try to cut off Earlier in the evening, just because there's more benefits and kind of extend that fast, and then and and then you can start adding in whether you want to do a 24 hour water fast or if you want to do um, an every other day fast mm-hmm. or just, there's different days, but also you have to be mindful of your age. Um, you know, uh, if yeah. you're pregnant, of course you don't want to do that. <laughs> no. So and you have and you have to look at stress, what kind of stress levels. So it's really. I think just starting with real food for a lot of people, but other mm-hmm. people that are more advanced would say, you know, you really should work with the practitioner. And it's not someone you just check in, oh, I'm gonna check in with you once a month. It's like, no, when you're doing something like this, you should really work closely, like someone like you or I, who work with people mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And I know that you have um, patients, you know, all over the world that, um, that you work with and the beauty of, of video chat nowadays, we get to help more people. So that's so exciting. But really, to work with someone um, that is experienced in this, and I mean, we didn't get into this, or so maybe another time, we can just talk everything about you know, the fasting-mimicking diet because I know you've had tremendous success. You were one of the pioneers with that, and you were even, you know, that was just a lot of um, a lot was happening in your office with your patients with um, with the Prolon program, right?
1: (laughs) So I would love to get back on with that. That would would be fun. We can, we can talk more in depth. And also, you know, there are some people out there, some clinics and such that are doing really long fasts and we can talk about the pros and cons of that for the future. Yes. Yes. But you know, this is just a good
0: part where people can start and just knowing what Mm -hmm. fasting is. There's different types of fasting, long, intermittent uh, but optimal, you get a lot of benefits in those, in those three days, but there's just so much and it can be customized and individualized for each person. And I think that's what I really want them that the takeaway to be mm-hmm. is there's different ways to um, do intermittent fasting and there's, and it all
1: depends on what your um, health goals are for that. Is that fair enough to say? Absolutely. And that for people, once they're beyond like the most frail stage to just accept that we are humans, we are earthlings, and that we are not best off when we snack all day. And yes, we have to definitely. stop that. No more snacking all day and night. And and um, accept, you know, our our genetic destiny, and then embrace it, and then we will be healthier and happier creatures.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent. So, one question before we leave: um, What are you grateful for today? One thing that you are grateful
1: for today. I am so grateful that um, actually that my husband is really a dealing with, uh, we had talked about this when we first came on Mm -hmm. that my mother-in-law just recently died. Mm -hmm. And that's always a trauma, you know, even for elderly when, you know, because we love them and so hard to lose someone that you love. And um, you know, it was just really hard for my husband, myself, and that, I'm grateful that my family came together. They created a beautiful memorial and, you know, it's really a testament to her life and our ongoing life. And it really is the beautiful rhythms of life, accepting the um, reality and the love that comes mm-hmm. with having mortality and a loving family. So, you know, I'm grateful that we can accept, you know, a loss, but move on and look forward to the future
0: yeah thank you so much uh, for sharing when that just just opens eyes for a lot of people to just you know be grateful for the present moment because the present mm-hmm. moment is just it's a present it's a gift because we never know 24 hours from now where we're going to be or a loved one is going to be never to take anybody for right. granted or thank you so much for sharing that with all right you all we'll see you next week there's so much that i know we're going to go back and listen and listen and listen to this. And so am I with the, would be taking notes, but we will catch everyone next week. Thanks for being on here live with us and Dr. Felice Gersh. Um, you can go to her website as well. Um, what is it that you prefer on Instagram website? You're really, you're, you do a lot on Instagram. So, well,
1: I'm focusing answer. right now on Instagram and everything then ultimately okay. gets um, archived on the YouTube channel. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to creating more regular blogs, but right now it seems like people like video, so I'm yes. I'm focusing yeah. on the 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 video model for right now. Yes,
0: okay, sounds good. Well, we'll put all that information in, and um, in here so people can get a hold of you as well. All right, thanks so much, right. everyone. We'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.